Welcome back to another edition, week three of INT's The Podcast. I am your host, A-Train, joined by my good friend and co-host, King. What's going on, King? Nothing much. Just want to recap some football. Also, I guess, have a moment of silence for Jets Nation. Yeah, that was a tough break. Oh, well, no point attending on that one. Yeah. Um, That was a tough situation for the Jets. I saw... um, a crazy quote from O.J. Simpson of all people. I guess he was on a um, podcast getting interviewed. And he mentioned, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers' uh, Achilles injuries and said that uh, he guess 9-11 is a terrible day for New Yorkers. I don't... It's O.J. I mean, it's O.J. Stay classy, O.J. It's O.J. (laughs) (laughs) I... (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where people will say, like, you know, not from you. Like, you, you hear somebody who is like this great message, but then you see the person who's giving it's like, it can't come from you, dog. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this just can't come from the you. The joke would have been better coming from somebody else. Exactly. Not, yeah. from, not, not from you. Yeah, terrible. But they weren't the only ones to deal with some disappointment this past, you know, week in sports. No, I mean, um, the tide was not rolling uh, last Saturday against Texas. Texas came out to play. Um, they did? Yeah, Quinn Ewers had a big game. Uh, a lot of people are kind of saying, you know, it, this just proves that if he didn't get hurt last year, they would have won. I still, I'm still not sure about that. I don't know. Bryce Young was going to win that football Yeah, I'm still game. not sure about that. But, yeah, definitely. I think with this uh, performance, he definitely entered the Heisman discussion. Although Caleb Williams is kind of like playing lights out right now. Uh, and Michael Penning and Washington also kind of playing lights out. So, you know, we'll, but we'll, you know, we'll get to you're, that. You're forgetting a guy out in South Bend who has just been lighting it up. Sam Hartman. Yeah. My, my, I mean, that's my dude, but it's Notre Dame, and they'll mess it up. Oh no, 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 Chess, They're gonna choke it some way, <laughs> but he has been lighting it up. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's just way early, you know. Uh, also, you got Jordan Travis, you know, from Florida State, uh, put his mm-hmm. put himself in the picture against the game against LSU. It's a lot of players, you know, but yeah, but yeah. no, but, but, but Quinn Ewers definitely this game 24 38, 349, three touchdowns. Jalen Milrow really struggled this game. Um, two interceptions, two timely interceptions at that. Um, mm-hmm. and the most interesting stat, you know, we always kind of go to this zero sacks for Bama, five for Texas, and nine tackle for loss for Texas as well. Um, Texas looked like the SEC team here, you know, watching the game. I will say one of the biggest problems I saw. Well, you know, I'm not even gonna say problems, but one of the biggest things I saw for Texas, the lack of respect they had for Milro. Yeah, they just, you know, they stayed in their rush lanes. They kept sending pressure. There were many times they were sending six and seven, and it. They were content that you know they just said, "Hey, if he beats us throwing the football, great." You know, now to be fair, I don't think that's a smart strategy if this team were ever to play them again in the playoffs. I wouldn't do that again because if, if Bama can turn it around, it's because Milrose figured out how to throw the football. Yeah. But watching them play, I mean, Texas had a great game plan. They executed the game plan on the defensive side of the ball. They were able to help bottle up that offense. A little bit, you know, and some of this was also self-inflicted by Alabama. Uh-huh. The ridiculous amount of penalties. And 
But I still want, I want to give more credit to Texas. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Bama shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. They, you know, they kept doing it, but Texas took advantage of those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. as you should do, uh, right. especially as a team with championship aspirations. You know, that's what you got to do. You <clears> have <throat> to take advantage of uh, opportunities that, that the opposing team gives you because you're not always going to play your best offensively or defensively. So right. when you have those opportunities come come um come up during the game, you have to take advantage of those. And, and Texas did that. Um, coming into the fourth, you know, they were down. Uh, I mean, granted, they had the ball, but they were down. And but yeah, they ended up outscoring Bama twenty-one to eight in the fourth quarter. That's right. huge. That's huge. That's something yeah. that you would expect a Bama team to do. Would pull away in the second. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, and, and um, in the fourth quarter, Bama the had opportunities time and time in this game. You know, they had two touchdowns called back, both on penalties that they had control of. They extended drives. You know, for Texas with silly penalties, you know, in that crazy fourth down, Texas fumbles the snap, but recovers the fumble. Like they had less miles luck with that. <laughs> it didn't lead to anything, but but you know what? I take it back. It did lead to something. Well, it led to Bama not not recovering the fumble. And no, and just not it. It changed field position because it, Texas, it, yeah, they they forced them to punt. Yeah, that's but, what I meant. That's what I meant. Like you know it. It led to them not, not recovering the fumble and, like, you know, getting their fifth position. Yeah, that's what I meant, you know. It's, it, so, Texas, you know, they had their lucky breaks. They took advantage of them. Like you said, those interceptions by Milro, costly interceptions. My question is, just looking at these teams, it's so early in the season, but do you think these teams, like, where do you think each team goes from here? Let's start with Texas since they won. You think does Texas have a shot to to really make a real run this season at the playoffs? I think so. For one, they have that that win. So similar to what we say about about, about Florida State um, um, last week or whatever. Uh, with them having that big win under their belt, you, you now create a, um, room for error. Not that you want to, you know, to have any error, but you create that now. You know, in uh, you know, it's a one-loss team. You always are going to be in the picture anyway. But if if you have a one-loss, but that win is, but you have a win against Bama, it's going to be a good plus. And then also looking at their schedule, as we stand currently on uh, September thirteenth, they only have two more ranked opponents on their schedule: Oklahoma and Kansas State. And we saw what happened with Oklahoma last year in in the Red River Shootout. Yeah, I um, think it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, and both those games, well. Take well, Oklahoma is neutral, but obviously, but yeah. um, but K stays at home, and then after that, there's no more ranked games. They yeah. can they can definitely run the table. Um, I didn't think they would make the um, championship because I thought they would lose to to uh, I'm sorry the playoffs. I thought they would lose to Bama, and they would find one more loss in here somewhere. Um, I can still see them getting that one more loss in here somewhere, but right. um, there's no there's no game where there's going to be underdogs. They're gonna be favorites every single game. Yeah, I think oh. I have to agree with you. Every every game going forward now, they will be the favorites. Um, I will say this: I I don't think their strategy and the the because the, they played so aggressive with you know just with pure reckless abandon. I don't think they're gonna be able to do that against any other team in that situation yeah. because. You know, like I said, they would just go man across the board, no safety help over the top, just sending pressure. 
I think in the Big 12, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think a lot of the quarterbacks have a lot more experience than Milrow. Yeah. I So that that's the only thing that, that – the catch that gets me is this. Are, is their defense a great defense, or is it just a great scheme against that quarterback? Um, We'll find out more in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, right now – I, I can't say. Because uh, the reason why I'm saying that, you know, I will say this, though. Uh, Milro, no Milro, it's still Bama. They still have NFL players across yes, their roster do. on the offense. And they did a good job of kind of, you know, stalling them. So They did. Um, you have to be a good defense to do that. Um, yes. Regardless of whether this is a great game plan or what, you know. It's, so, well, I don't see them. I mean, I, Granted, they play in the Big 12. They're going to have that 45-41 shootout. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. But um, I don't I don't think they're going to face a team as, as talented as Bama. Oh, no. Outside of maybe Oklahoma. And even they don't have the talent as Bama. No. The reason I was asking that question, I was like, you, you remember those Tampa Bay defenses with uh, John Lynch and Derek Brooks and company and Warren Sapp. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. They were able to contain the great show on turf. They still lost that playoff game. Yeah. Um the Brother Manuel rule where he caught the ball, but the ball touched the ground. They had, but he had full control of it. And they ended up changing that rule because of that play, basically. Right. Um yeah. yeah. They you know, that team, that defense still could handle the greatest show on turf. Yeah. But we remember seeing teams play those same Rams teams and you know, in the division. They could play solid defense, but they weren't great de- defenses. Did that yeah. make sense? No, I, I agree. They were terrible in many cases. You know, it's so that's what I was kind of wondering. Is it is Texas a bad matchup for Bama? Um, so here's what, here's, here's what I would say: If Texas is a bad matchup for Bama, then I think LSU is a bad matchup for Bama. Tennessee's a bad matchup for Bama. Maybe not Tennessee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mississippi State's a bad matchup for Bama. Uh, you know, my point is, in the SEC, that's going to be a lot of teams who's going to have similar talent level on defense right. what Texas has. I'm not saying Mississippi State's on Texas level, but I'm just saying, like, as far as defense goes, they always have good defense. Um, you know, so they're going to have to figure it out, you know. Uh, because whether Texas that's making won a, a lot of one-on-ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they had, you know, Xavier Worthy getting deep. Uh, and then um, um, 89 Mitchell transferred from Georgia, actually. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he made some plays. Um, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I, I, I say if it is a bad matchup, then they're going to have a lot of bad matchups because, you know, there's going to be other teams who have similar t- um Similar, uh, at least defensively, challenged right. in Texas. Because Offensively, I will say Texas does have a really good receiving core. Yes. Uh, one of the better ones that they're going to face um, throughout the season, if not the best one overall. So, but um, as far as defensively goes, you know, they're going to have that was other teams that are going to really, especially if Milrow does not develop um, more than he has shown so far in, yeah. in these two games this season and in of last year. Yeah, because, you know, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have a whole lot he needs to do. As crazy as it sounds, I think just from outside looking in, if he connects on two to three deep balls a game, I think that stops all this blitzing, right? Yeah, I think uh, offensively you have to. I, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what you have to do to be honest with you, but yeah, I agree with that point though. If you can keep them honest, 
Um, because right now they can load the box and not be afraid yeah. of the passing game. Um, if you can just back up those safeties, you know, run some RPO, but uh, hold those linebackers, you know, make them respect the passing aspect of things. Then I think you can really open up some, you know, um, yeah. some some, some uh, opportunities if you're Bama. But until then, you know, um, yeah, the play call is pretty vanilla. I yeah, exactly. At times. And you know, once again, though, like I said, all credit, all props to Texas for taking advantage of it. Yeah. You know, because you can come with a bad game plan, but you know, Texas would just say, "Oh no, we're gonna sit back and cover three and cover two man, and you know, just send four. I think they lose this game. Yeah. You know, I I really do. I think if they just play conservative or just quote unquote balance football on defense, I think they lose. Yeah, you know, but in Bama, like I said, we've seen this before. Bama with these horrible games, the you know that don't seem disciplined. The penalties start to pile up. Mm-hmm. Silly plays, the blown assignments. You, know, you got to write the ship. Now, do I think Bama writes the ship? Yes, I, I think they. Yeah, I think they do. But I will say this though, unlike the last four or five years when you had. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young. You know, a string of all first-round quarterbacks. Yes. Um, well, not well, Hurts, not Hurts, but, uh, but you know. But we, we see what Hurts Super is talent, yeah. Yeah, we see what he's, yeah, we see what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, um, they had that stretch of quarterbacks there. Because before that, they had Blake Sims, you know, who, you know, got the job done. Similar problem, though. Yeah. Similar problem. Yeah, exactly. So, they've been able to play subpar on offense and get away with it with, you know, a superstar quarterback, especially yeah. with Tua and Bryce Young, you know, those two really especially. Yeah, they um, got away with a lot with Bryce Young because he just bail them out. Yeah. So, but right now they don't have that. They they cannot play a C-plus game and have their quarterback bail them out. They have to play a B-plus game or better. I still, don't, I still, I still think they're tired enough to where uh, they could be pretty much any team on their schedule with a, with a, a B-plus performance on offense. You know, but oh yeah, but that's why I said like you know, if he if Miro shows up against LSU and listen, like I said, he completes those two to three deep passes, but then LSU is not able to just say, okay, man, he's beating us over the top twice now in the first half, three mm-hmm. times on the first half. We can't just keep sending all this pressure. Yeah, we have to keep the the, the safeties back, and at, at that the, point, you know, and when Bama was able to have Texas back off a bit early. They were able to run the football in the yeah. first half. So I still think they're big offensive line, the strength of those guys. I do think it's, you know, Bama's got a little bit more teaching to do with those freshmen on the offensive line, especially at left tackle. You're starting a true freshman. Um, I think they got some stuff to work on. But Texas, on the other hand, no specific standouts to me on defense. Like I didn't see one guy, but I saw 11 guys. Constantly on every play, they just seem like a much more organized and disciplined football team on Saturday night, and I'm thinking that's part of the reason why they got the win. Yeah, yeah, they 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 look good. I will say that. I'm not sold on playoff contender, but I I do think they. Yeah, I mean, if the Big Twelve's getting in. It's going to be Texas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because again, they have one loss. They're still in, unless they lose. You know, in the conference championship game, then that that kind of creates an issue. 
But TCU's lost to Clemson team last year, so. I think as long as they get over Oklahoma, because Oklahoma's it. Yeah, I will say that if they finish the season, regular, the regular season undefeated, it doesn't matter what happens in the championship game. They're in, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that, like, yeah, if, if they were, you know, to, to, to slip up one game, which I still think they may. I mean, again, it's college football. It, it happens. Um, Man, we've seen teams who are terrible beat teams who are supposed to be great. Yeah. So, um, I, as of right now, if I was picking my four, they would be in it. And not necessarily based on right now, but just based on, like, my, like just projecting out, I would project that they will make it just because of the, the remaining schedule and they've already uh, tackled the biggest hurdle on their schedule. Real quickly, I can tell you somebody who's not going to be in it. Who that? Oh, some boys on the other side of Texas. Yeah, we're staying in Texas. Oh, yeah. What is good? Yeah, that brings me to, to my first, uh, well, to my seriously of the week. Seriously to the media. Seriously to the media. With Texas oh. A&M, you guys were hyping them up all season. Oh, yeah. We and were the only ones. At the end of the day, I'm going to play, play a classic clip here uh, in a second. If I can find my, hold on I'm going to just say this. While he's pulling up the, you know, the info. Say what? I said, while you pull it up, I mean, seriously. Ooh. Like you said, you have all the people like, ain't them's going to be back. They're going to do this and, and that. And we kept asking one question. Who's even calling the plays? Yeah. They, y'all, they refused to even tell us who's calling the plays. I remember you said, he's like, that's not a good sign of an organization. They can't even tell us who's going to call the plays this year. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, it, but, like you said, ain't them lost to Miami. I don't think they were ever, like, was it ever really even in doubt? I mean, when I was checking the score, um, they were always behind. Like, yeah, this is it. I don't think it was ever in doubt because I tried watching a little bit and I was like, I, I, I can't do this to myself. You know, all I don't understand what is going on at AM. Jimbo, this is what, season six? Uh, I think mm-hmm. it, no, no, yeah, it's, yeah. I know that I saw I saw a stat where he basically has a worse um, uh, win percentage than Kevin Sumlin at the same point, which which we, we kind of knew that, but you know. Oh yeah, after last season. Yeah, but for me, when it comes to A and M, though, at the end of the day, um, yeah, at the end of the day, the media just hyped them up again, and it's like we don't we don't know why. And at the, but at the end of the day, this is how I feel about them. But they are who we thought they were. Oh man! Exactly, they are who <laughs> we thought they were. You know and what? At the end of the day, that's what they are. They are yeah. who we thought they were. You know the crazy part? That that quote is it is is everything we talked about all summer, what we talked about in the preseason, and what we talked about in their preview. I don't see it. Yep. You didn't see it. And, and I'm sure everybody on SEC Network and ESPN and Fox are probably like, INTs is getting it wrong. Ain't them as a threat. And we were like, no. They no, are who we no. thought they were. Yeah. Like, I, and the worst part about it is, you let them off the hook. Neither one of us thought Miami is, is, is was much of a football team. We don't, think, we don't think they're that good. It's right. just, just <laughs> we're very low on Miami, folks. And they just flat out slapped them around. I remember 
for any um the projections, we both well, we were both in the thought AM needed to win early in the season, right? Because mm-hmm. uh towards the end that's when their gauntlet starts. Right. They lost to Miami. Yeah. I'm not sure who they're beating this year. I will say this though, Tyler Van Dyke is my player of the week with five touchdown passes at three hundred four yards passing. So I just throw it out there down. Well, fair enough. It didn't, you know, I'll really briefly talk about, you know, like Quentin Ewers is my player of the week. It was between, yeah. it was between him and Hartman. I was going to go with Ewers, but uh, I ain't going with Van Dyke because I, I mean, he just, it's funny laughing. Yeah. Yeah, he torched him. I'm slowly, slowly jumping on the bandwagon with you. They need to pay that man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. I'm slowly getting there. You know, I'm. I see the bandwagon. I'm, I'm about to put a foot on because. Trey, how can how can he even explain this? Yeah. They, like, you know, at least it's not Appalachian State. Yeah, that's true. You know, even though, look, them boys are tough. Depending on who you ask, but. I don't get I thought, you know, maybe the quarterback. No, that's not it. The offensive line. Ain't them getting all the talent that you can possibly think of. Yeah, and they're still racking up talent. Like they are yeah. NIL. So I feel like there's certain teams that really benefit from NIL, but none more so than Texas A and M on a recruiting trail. Oh, yeah. They they already, you know, are a decent enough brand, but they have the pockets that nobody in the willingness to spend it. That other teams just don't have. The and crazy so NIL has been it. great for them. They just haven't capitalized on it. NIL has been great. And the worst part about it is it's college station. And I mean this in no, no disrespect. true disrespect. <laughs> no true disrespect. But it's college station. You know, you're not going to, it's the same problem I've had people with, you know, when we're speaking of Colorado, and I'll get to Coach Prime and the, another part of the media I want to talk about. It. But there's nothing special about College Station. You know, we know these kids are only going for the quote-unquote NIL deals that we mm-hmm. don't see. And I mean this as you know, someone living in Texas and has been living in Texas for a very long time now. These guys aren't on billboards. They're not on commercials. Yeah. These guys are just getting paid. And that, look, you know, it's, it's get your money. But it's not translating to the field. In fact, it's starting to make me think some of these guys are just lazy. Yeah, it is. And then especially, you know, you, you mentioned this before about them, you know, blowing opportunity because there I asked this question, is Texas back? You know the crazy part? Texas looks like they're back. <laughs> it, For real this know, time, maybe. All jokes aside, let's just say, all right, let's and, say and Texas goes 10-2, and two, all right? And this room, I'm saying ten and two for a reason, okay? They go ten and two in Oklahoma, or better yet, Oklahoma and Texas both go eleven and one, okay? They split their games against each other. Like, let's say one wins the Red River shootout, the other one wins the championship. Uh, the conference. Which in that case, what would the committee do? I would go with Texas. That that Excuse that went over Alabama was a tiebreaker. Now, unless. Oklahoma beats the brakes off of Texas, you know, in the River Shootout, and then loses in controversial fashion in the, you know, the Championship, something like that, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we'll if you go on just straight wins and losses, and yeah, I would, I would lean in Texas. 
But let's just say they both go eleven and one. In Texas, at the rate we're looking at them, those this team looks like they're going six and six at best. I just I'm I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being I too think, low on A&M. I still think they can get to eight wins. I still think they can do eight wins. I, I think Bama, LSU. I'm not saying. Oh, that's not that's not that's not my prediction. By the way, I'm just saying. I still think they can do it. You think there's a road to it? Yeah, that, that that's a pathway. Okay. Because at the end of the day, Auburn and Arkansas are winnable games. Um, they, they have to beat Auburn, right? Yeah, we. And dare I say this? We don't know about Bama, and Jimbo always had them up against. Uh, uh, yeah. Against Bama. And they will be hyped up to play. Tennessee, who's probably going to beat the doors off them, and then you know South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So it's like LSU of, always has that number, yeah. except for weird games. So it's a lot of games where, like, I think they could have a shot against them. Where it's going to be fifty-fifty, pretty much. I just think a lot of those teams you named are better than Miami. I agree. I think pretty okay. much all are better than Miami, except Auburn, yeah, Arkansas. Well, yeah, I think Auburn is. Really, I mean, Auburn's arguably the second worst team in the SEC. I'm saying because I don't count Vandy. We're gonna be fair, you know. Yeah, I still think they're not good. They almost lost to Cal. You know, I almost I thought about going to that game when I first saw it on the schedule, but I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, that's a good thing. Nobody <laughs> be paying to watch Auburn football. Uh, this this is what I'm saying. Let's just say those two teams go 11 and one or 10 and two with a you know very good football seasons, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be going into the offseason and recruiting with all this momentum. And Texas has been having some really good seasons lately. I, I, I think they're fumbling it. And as crazy as they sound, I'm not sure who they can get to come and be the coach of AM to right this ship. Coach Prime. That's a great segue to what I want to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. What you want to talk about with Coach Front? They had a big okay. win against Nebraska, although it's Nebraska. They're not very Man, good. It is season. not 1995. Uh, exactly. I was literally going to say the exact same thing, except I was going to say it's not 1996. Or in, in those terms, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you. Like, I had somebody, and the reason I'm, I really want to talk about this, I had a few people tell me, like, hey, Colorado Nebraska is a big game. I was like, no, it's not. And it like I understand this is old Big Twelve North rivalry, mm-hmm. but this is not a relevant game. Yeah, I mean, granted, the Friday after Thanksgiving when that game was come on was mm-hmm. exciting times. Yes, it but was. Both teams, there were top ten programs. Yes, you know, but it hadn't been the case in forever. No, Eric Crouch ain't walking out there. Cordell Stewart's not walking out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to these kids, but yeah, the the atmosphere is not the same. Yeah. But that's what I wanted to talk about. The media is seems like it's kind of split on Coach Prime. I, we, I see a whole lot of hype behind it, and then I see some odd saltiness about it. Yeah, you know, and I say odd saltiness because some of it I think is nitpicking. No, and some of yeah. it, a lot of people want want him to fail. It's not so. A lot of people who like you know are are in wait and see mode, which I think is a very fair fair. Which is where the camp I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very fair stance to take. But there's a lot of people who want him to fail because they don't like the way he do things. And for some, I agree. Some, I disagree. One thing I agree, and you've mentioned this before, is when he came in saying he had his own luggage. You know, that is something that I don't think is very cool to say to these kids. No, because they're still I mean, kids. Because 
so there's this saying, right, where like um sometimes people come in and they have this this attitude of I'm just keeping it real, I'm just being honest, I'm blunt. What you really are is just being an asshole. And that's yeah. kind of what he came across as. It's like, yeah, you can be honest and blunt without being a jerk, but I think with that he was, well, you know. So I get can... that, you know, but there's a lot of people who just want him to fail, and I think that's kind of wrong, like, you know. And that's just going to say, like, I, because, you know, we were on the same page with that. I thought when he came in, remember, one of the things I said, I was like, I said, I think you, you might lose some kids who can actually play. Yeah, uh, I know. So I was watching Mississippi State Arizona game. They actually talked about that briefly because one of their receivers who, um, one, one of the, uh, so Colorado's best receiver from last year, Actually, they actually wanted him to stick around, and he ended up leaving because he kind of felt he felt the kind of way. And him and Shadur kind of got into it, you know, on social media about, you know, basically, right. he, and, yeah. And, but and but just, he left because it's like, well, you you guys don't think anything about. I mean, granted, they went one eleven, so I mean, how good well, could they have the been? Is, but he actually was a player. Well, that's what I was gonna say. The team went one eleven. Absolutely correct. But let's be fair here. You know, everybody on the team isn't terrible. Yeah, you know they were power five talent for a reason. Mm-hmm. They probably are pretty decent at football, just not great. And the problem with that is to just sit here and dismiss, let's say sixty kids. Yeah, you just tossed aside sixty kids and said, "Oh well, I don't care. My talent is so amazing." And don't get me wrong, you have beat, you know, average TCU team in a average Nebraska team. I, I don't think anybody thinks either of these teams are better than eight, seven and fives. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are average football teams. I just wonder, is he setting himself up or is the media more so setting him up for an epic failure? Because when this team goes play USC and Utah and Oregon, I'm not convinced this team is just going to I think they'll put up numbers, but I don't think this team is as good as the media is push projecting them to be and hyping them to be. So that's that's kind of my, my bone to pick. I think the media is saying, personally, I think ESPN they don't want him to fail, but I think they they want to they want the biggest story they can possibly get. Oh no, um, I also get to this in RPO, so that's one of the topics. But um, it's definitely a big story. I would say that much, and there's some, you know, so. That, that's that's my, no, I was gonna say that's my biggest thing. And as far as like to me, with the team, the talent, I get his boys both are starters, right? It's hard for me to believe he didn't have a kid who could play who was better than Shiloh in coverage. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm really being honest here. That kid's got terrible ball skills. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to say it, but he, you know, I think the road ends here for him as far as football. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wonder, or can Coach Prime? What's a successful season? Let's just uh, before we move on. What What do you think is a successful season Ooh. for? I'll have to check the schedule. Um, honestly, going into the season, I would have said six and six would have been successful. To be honest with you. Okay. Um, right now, those expectations have definitely risen. 
Because they only have one non conference game left. Yeah. Um. Let me let me pull up that schedule and see. I see. So I will say this. I, I thought it was interesting though. They you know they have Colorado State. Um. This week and that's the game day game where they're a twenty three point favorite in. And I get it. You know, it's more so you about see, Colorado than Colorado State. You see like, my point? Man. I said the media is just doing way. Yeah. But granted, when you uh yeah, this you, week. Play games. Yeah. Let me uh, do our pick six though. I mean, not really, like I, I didn't include that game because it's so lopsided as far as the odds. But uh, yeah, going for the pick six, it's not really much. No, so, no, week three is kind of weak. Yeah. Uh, so Colorado, yeah, Colorado State. Oh yeah. So this is so this is. Oh yeah. Okay. This is the garlic. <laughs> so Colorado State covered up this week. They go to Oregon. That should have been game day. Um, then they have USC at home. Then they got Arizona State and Stanford. Um, then they go to UCLA and they got Oregon State. You know, you've been hyping them up all year. Sneaky oh, yeah. team. Um, Arizona, who I watched play against Mississippi State, and I can say that they're better than you know, um, than you would think. Washington State, who's ranked currently, and then Utah. Mm-hmm. So, um, their their schedule is pretty tough. You know, because those those teams, a lot of these teams are playing different. You know, Oregon's going to play super fast. Caleb Williams and USC is arguably one of the best offenses in the country. And I mean, truly one of the best. Like, I don't think you really match, care who you match them up with. Yeah. I think they're going to be good. really – yeah, they're going to be very good. Like, uh, it reminded me, like, when, when um he had it going in Oklahoma – Lincoln, I mean, going in Oklahoma yeah. – and you know how they were just putting up crazy numbers, but they would always have that one or two bad games where you know matchups. I would say you know they would get stymied. I just don't right. see that it happening back twelve this year. I think they just no. rolled. You know, I mean, yeah, I had them going it. to the playoffs, but um, I expect them to roll. But I still think you know being physical at USC, the way the team's designed, I, I still think they're gonna give them problems. I expect them to make the Pac twelve title game, but then. Yeah, you know, you're playing Oregon State, who's coming punch you in the mouth. Yeah, and this whole oh, we spread them out, we do this and that, we gonna air the ball out. There's a reason why Shiloh's leading this team in tackles. Yeah, I don't think that's a recipe for a win against Oregon State. You can, and I know people say, well, you know, they did, they beat Oregon last year the same way. Oregon's explosive on offense, you know. I think so. I guess that's kind of my thing. I think there's a lot of people who believe Colorado is super special, and maybe because it is coach, because it's coach prime is Dion. Mm-hmm. I think people are overhyping it simply because of who the coach is. Yeah, and I think also that's one of the reasons why, like you said, you have a lot of people who are just like I hope they fail because they don't like the coach. Yeah. they just don't like the coach. It has nothing to do with the kids. It has nothing to do with the scheme. They just simply do not like the coach. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think that's kind of childish, but it is what it is. You know, it's always yeah, it's like, goes. It's, you know, it's, it's like um, how you have Skip constantly, like when LeBron put up a 40-point triple-double, it's like LeBron missed a, a layup uh, in the second hey, quarter. Hey, uh, Skip, <laughs> you know. Skip found the time <laughs> where LeBron tried to shoot the, his towel back into the water boy's towel basket, and it just missed. And, you know, and that's when he knew he was going to miss a free throw in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That would, you know, cause him to be bailed out by his teammate that he passed to that was open. That was wide open. That yeah. Because uh, he was facing the triple team or a double team already, and the third guy was collapsing on him. Although, I still stand by that. 
when he looked to pass to Darnell Marshall, <laughs> I don't I just don't get why he didn't say, you know what? I should do this myself. Yeah. Oh, no. I know that's not his nature, but Man, I, I'm just saying that he was so open that whoever was close not on still probably uh hadn't made it over there yet. That is true. He was incredibly open and is the right play to make. That is the exact basketball play to make. But unfortunately, it's Darnell Marshall. And what did he do with that shot? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just you know, sometimes you got to look and see. You, you got to make the Kobe play. That's right. <laughs> on your Kobe. Yeah, but look who's, on, look who's out there. The Kobe play was the epic play. You know, hey, I still right. remember Luke Walton was wide open on the wing. Kobe faded out of bounds and shot the ball up over the hoop. It went mm-hmm. in. It's incredibly difficult, but it just made me think, you know, Luke Luke Walton's a legitimate jump shooter, right? Yeah, he's the best. But how bad did you have to be for someone to look at you in your eyes and say, nope? Nope. <laughs> Not- <laughs> I'll do this myself. Yeah. I just, nah. But that, like I said, this week's games weren't too amazing. Yeah. I, I wanted to touch on those two for sure. All right. And then, uh, so... Before we move on too far, though, we're going to also get into the top 25 that came out last week because it's so early. Figured, yeah, we too early. Start it. yeah, we can start it this week. Um, nothing really earth-shattering except Texas is a big mover, obviously, for obvious reasons. Of course. Uh, Georgia's still number one, Michigan two, Florida State's at number three now, uh, Texas is four, USC is at five. I'm starting to think UFC should be higher, but I don't know who who to leapfrog. So I would leapfrog Michigan. Yeah, Ohio State just keeps keep falling. They're not down to the six. They just fall every week for whatever reason. Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame nine, Alabama's ten, um, Tennessee, Utah, Oregon, LSU, and Kansas State's top fifteen. Oregon State at sixteen. Ole Miss. Um, man, I swear they always fall face up. They face a two lane team about their starting quarterback. You know. It, it always happens with them. Uh, the players, they struggled in that game. They did. They did. They pulled off late. Yeah, uh, they did. It was very late with some yeah, questionable was, stuff. But yeah, uh, Colorado, Oklahoma, and North Carolina some top twenty. Then you got Duke, Miami, Washington State, UCLA, and Iowa. Um, I'm trying to count how many Pac-12 teams are there. Oh, it's gonna be a few. I think they're gonna cannibalize each other this year. I'm but counting that, seven Pac-12, no, easy, eight Pac-12 teams. Eight Pac-12. That's what I'm telling you. Like, everyone thinks so high on coaching. That's the conference. They have right. eight. This this is going to be – it's so sad that the Pac-12 is going away because this is their year. Unfortunately, I think that's one of the reasons I'm not sold that they get somebody into the playoffs because I just don't see how they're all going to make it out. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't. I think these teams are going to beat up on each other. And as far as the top four right now, like if I just had to give you four teams that I really enjoy, not saying they're the best, but just enjoy watching them play and want to see more, it is Georgia. Because I'm curious to see, okay, what's Georgia going to do next? Um, I'm not really sold on Michigan. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not sure not. Michigan, Michigan can beat Ohio State six years in a row. I'm still going to say Ohio State can beat them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not until they go on the streak that Ohio State went on against Michigan. I just can't turn that page right now, especially yeah. when I still think they're so close. Like I don't think Michigan has pulled pulled away from them. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Michigan's pulled away, but I mean they're gonna pull away from Michigan State. That's a whole separate thing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I know they they getting out that contract one way or another. Um, but. 
it, I would go Georgia, USC, because I actually think USC is one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. And fun to watch. Yeah, very fun to watch. Unless you're the horse, but I'll get to that in a second, RPO. Yeah. Now, the next team, I'm once again curious to see what happens, is Penn State. Mm-hmm. Because that's my pick to win the Big Ten this year. Something tells me they're going to be the team to win it. Not even necessarily the team to beat, but I just think the team to escape. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see USC. I think USC is going to be the team to escape, but, but I also think they're the best in their conference. Yeah. And then finally, the team I want to see more of is Tennessee. Yeah. I, I can't wait to watch. Look, the third Saturday in October is going to be a huge game. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a turning point for both of those team seasons. Yeah, I think this weekend is gonna be a, a good um, um, litmus test for them as well. Granted, it's at Florida. Florida's not very good, but it'd be interesting to see how they come up, come out, uh, come out for this game. Um, will oh, they Wait. will they be all business and will they win in a lopsided fashion? They should because I think they're like the nine. Point, no, I'm sorry, like a seven point favorite. Which I was really? kind of surprised at how small it was. It might have been smaller than that, for being honest with you. What has Florida shown? Um, yeah, I, I, you I see anything out of Florida that makes you think that they're bad? No, I don't. But I, but if they don't win by at least two scores, then I'm going to have questions about Tennessee. Oh, and I just got through this. In the 15, I want just you know gotta have extra one plus one. Oh, I'm. Oh, so it's 15. I don't, I don't want to throw secret digits. Okay, uh, that makes more sense. Okay, but no, if I, no, no, no. Oh, did you say it's fifteen or what? Like I'm trying. Or, or... No, no, I'm saying I'm saying a fifteen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let me see. Really want to watch. Um, it's it's more of North Carolina. I thought North yeah. Carolina had a shot, not to make necessarily make the playoffs. Yeah, but seven and a half. What has Florida shown? Mm-hmm. Take it, people. Take the over. You know, <laughs> they. You, that's easy money. I would. You have got to take that. That's a lead pipe. That's a lead pipe lock of the week. Take it. In the words of Pat McAfee, hammer down. Go ahead. Put put a hundred, two hundred on it. That there's no way and Tennessee doesn't cover that. In the words of Nick Wright, never a doubt. Exactly. No, no. But I want to see more of North Carolina because to me they're one of the few teams to truly challenge. Florida State this year, I think they're going to have to do it. Yeah. Because I'm not sure about Clemson. Yeah, it is a struggle against um, Appalachian State, though. Yeah, but that's, but you know, that's in-state. As crazy as it sounds, you know, you get them kids, because you know, something we talked we talked about offline with Bama, you know, when you get kids who, you know, they're from Boone, North Carolina, I guarantee most of the team is probably from that area. From yeah. North Carolina. yeah, yeah. You start playing against people, then you get the chance to go to the big school in your state. And Appalachian State actually plays football, you know, and UNC isn't pulling the LSU versus UL type situation. It's a little bit different. I, I think the, it's easier for those kids to get amped up and hyped up. So I agree. I agree, especially when you when you talk about you know going against guys who I know. Uh, Mac Jones, not Mac Jones. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Mac, I mean, uh, um, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. I'm, I, I said Doc Brown. Come back to the future. Anyway, oh, I know uh, Mac Brown has really done a great job of like expanding the national reach in North Carolina. North Carolina's always been one of those teams who've been considered a sleeping giant in football. Uh, 
a lot of people feel that way, whether they are or not. I don't know. But um, um but, they're good connections. Yeah, but as far as like Appalachian State goes, like when you have those kids, you know, especially in North Carolina, like who a North Carolina kid who goes to North Carolina, and then you have a North Carolina kid who goes to Appalachian State, and they've met in high school, and that guy, you know, who wasn't quite good enough to go to North Carolina, but with Appalachian State. But he was on a powerhouse team in high school, and he beat this guy. It's like he's gonna have the confidence, like, oh, I, we beat him in high school. Yeah, you know, like I mean, yeah, he, went, a, to, he went to North Carolina, but we beat him. But that's, him a, down. that's a very real thing, especially. It's one of the things I've noticed just being in Texas. You know, you'll get kids who are like, well, they like you said, they get that confidence because, well, we beat so and so, or. Maybe we lost, but I went for 170 yards, or I went, you know, they had a big game, and then you're shocked, like, well, why is he, he's playing for so-and-so, it's like, well, he he feels great, because he's like, even if this kid went to UT, or went to A&M, and I'm just at Houston, I made plays against them, you know, okay. and then they get that added, that added hype of, like you said, I'm in North Carolina, I'm playing in Chapel Hill, this is, you know, this is the one of the biggest schools in our state. Guys get hyped up for stuff like that. So I, I think North Carolina, I want to see how they bounce back, you know, in the upcoming game. Because Drake May, I think he is our pick for best quarterback this year. Yeah. Of course, NFL. Not saying college. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Caleb, I mean, granted, he was the obvious choice. I think he started to make me look dumb by going with Drake May. Yeah. <laughs> the way Caleb was playing right now. But I just think Caleb, I think Drake May, he just looks the part. Like, it's hard to explain, you know. He he, look, he, look, he looks really good. Speaking of which, but uh, before we move on too soon, uh, yeah. this wasn't thing that I had planned on discussing, but I saw uh, Pat McAfee thinks that Shadur could be a top three pick in the draft. Or at worst, the third best quarterback in the draft, you know, behind, of course, May and Williams. What do you think about that? I want to get your opinion. I think y'all got to get that man to a concussion protocol. <laughs> they know if it, I mean, I will I say this about Shadur. Shadur is an interesting prospect, but I'll yeah. be just watching him. I don't think he's going to play. I, I, I don't think his game translates to the NFL. You know? I really don't. Just watching him throw the football, I don't think he throws it. Now, look, I'm not a quarterback guru by any stretch. Yeah. If, if he played tackle, I could tell you this, but he don't play an offensive line. I just, I don't know. But I will say this: to be fair, he does do the one thing I care the most about with a quarterback. I think his teammates believe he can get the job done. Yeah. Whether he's really good or not is like is the is the Tebow thing. Tebow, I don't think was ever a great NFL quarterback. I don't think he's ever good, but the worst part about it is his teammates thought he was good enough to get the win. Yeah. So they believed in him. And even if you're like, well, this don't make no sense. Why are we calling a a screen pass on first down inside our own three yard line? Because Tebow can throw it. And we think it's gonna work. And then it works. I get a win over the Jets on a Thursday night football game because why not? You know, I, I think yeah. when your team buys into that quarterback and the quarterback somehow can just make a play, I, I think that's really important. Because, you know, Jalen Hurts had that to me at Bama too. Same thing with Bryce Young. 
not saying Tebow's in that conversation, but you, you know, yeah. when you got that feel, that vibe, where you like, you look up in the huddle, you see, oh, no, we got a shot. Simple as that. And then you get the opposite of quarterbacks, where you got like Josh Freeman, you know, you can look and see like, <laughs> nah, it's probably a loss. He's going to go throw a pick. You know, it, that's the one thing I think Shador for sure has. I don't know how big his arm is. It doesn't seem like he has a cannon. Yeah. I do think he throws a really good ball, though. Fair enough. Um, that's, I mean, I, as a guy, he kind of reminds me of, and not I'm not comparing to because the other guy's way bigger, and I think he's more athletic, and quite frankly, he's a better player. But he kind of reminds me of, of, of uh, uh, Deshaun Watson with the way he you know, approaches the game on offense as a quarterback. On the field. On the field. I'm not comparing talent levels. Yes. Yeah, on the yeah. field. Yes. You know, a guy who we, 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 we joked about this on Madden, but it's true. He does it like two, so it's not like, you know, just a Madden thing. But we joked about how Deshaun Watson was always the toughest quarterback to play against on Madden because he could scramble, but he would keep looking downfield and, and you know, and yeah. it would kill you that way as opposed to Lamar Jackson who would just take off. Uh, but it's the same thing with Shadur. I mean, he's not he's not like a blazer. He has, but he has good good enough athleticism where he could run. But he he's always looking. Yeah, now. he's always looking downfield field um, to make the play. So I always I, I do like that about him. Again, I'm not trying to compare it to him. I mean, to Watson, right? As far as like talent goes, just more about how you approach the game. Yeah, it's a top three quarterback. I I don't. Yeah, I think that's quite a bit. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Especially if Van Dyke uh, bounces back, because remember he was a guy last year who had a lot of hype coming. Um, yeah. yeah, and so so far so good. And then you got Bo Nix as well, who's like thirty eight years old. So, you know, Well, Nix can't be trying to play pro football. The man's too old. Probably break his hip. I mean, Tom Brady did play till he was almost fifty. So I guess you know Bo got a few years. Yeah, I guess so. Few years before he retired. Yeah, but yeah, um, ARP. Anything else before we hit this RPO? No, nah, it's time to run it. You got no question of the week this week? Well, I do. Well, you know, I can squeeze it in here. Okay. So, you know, we talked about running backs and great players in the SEC. I really want to shine a light on just give me – how can I say this best? We've seen some great football teams, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen some great players. My question is this week, is there any player that you think, well, obviously there's at least one, but is there a player or two that you saw on the recruiting trail, doesn't matter the conference, that you just knew, like, I think he's going to be really, really good. And it turns out he just, it like, it, it just didn't happen. It, for, oh, from high school to college? Yep, high school to college. Oh, um, hmm, it's quite a few. Uh, okay, I got one. I'm gonna go back with this one though. Chris Ricks. Oh, okay. So, Chris Ricks gets made fun of, like we don't say, because he didn't really perform well. But if you look at Chris Ricks' measurables as a player, he is like the perfect quarterback. He ran a legit four four forty, had right. a cannon for arm, great athlete. Um, he just never put it together, and so he's a guy like 
he's he's like one of the first guys that you know was like that for me. Like one of the first highly rated guys who didn't quite pan out. The second one would be more recent. I'm gonna go Mississippi State route for this one. It's Jamal Peters. Um, oh. I don't think with him it's more injuries than anything because he actually played well, but he's a guy who was like six two, two twenty five, but he was playing cornerback instead of safety because he just wanted to play corner. He actually did a good job at it, but he just he it's one of what could have been had he played safety, you know. So, but the team needed him at corner. He played corner. So, well, uh, I'm gonna give you two, okay. My number one, because this one's much more recent. I don't know if you remember this guy, Trent Thompson. Mm, Georgia. Yeah, was he a um, – oh, I remember. Oh, he, what was up? I remember the name. Oh, he was number one player in the country in 2015, or one of. I know he was the number one rated interior defensive yeah. line. Okay, yeah, D-line, D-line, I said, I said yeah. O-line. But, yeah, I remember him. Just seeing him. You know, in high school, I was like, man, you know, he's a big, strong kid. He can move really well. He, you know, he's one of those high school D tackles where he's not a fat kid. Like they didn't have to really tone him up because you know you could tell he he cared about the weight room and his diet. And then he got to Georgia and just didn't do much of anything. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say, it, I don't think he did much of anything after Georgia. You know, crazy. You know, guys like that they typically get a shot. Yeah. You know, and then my other one is Ryan Perilou. I don't know if you remember the name. Oh, of course, Ryan Perilou. Yeah. You look, I'll, I'll be honest when I say this. You could not have told me he was going to be a bad football player. I, so I kind of, I didn't see it coming, obviously. I mean, I didn't know much about it, but I was, you know what? I'm going to one up you with, 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 um, with Ryan Perilou because. Now I'm not saying one up you, because, but 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 the guy couldn't say he actually did have um have his his moment in the NFL though, which shows how talented he was. Russell Shepard. Ooh, he's not very good college football player. He was not at all, at no. all. But he was an amazing athlete. He kind of like I think the idea of him playing quarterback was never a real thing, and it it never even should have been entertained. Honestly. Because he he barely played it in high school. Yeah, it, it never should even been entertained. Um, but yeah, Russell Shepard had just an enormous amount of hype coming to LSU. He did. He really did. I mean, he, he the guy had a lot of talent. Extreme. And saying he had a lot of talent is an understatement. He was extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Like you said, them trying to put him at quarterback was. I think if he plays receiver full time with the expectation of becoming a receiver. I think he has a slightly easier time at LSU. But, I mean, he's proof. You know, some guys just need an opportunity in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. all they're missing. But, like I was saying about Brian Perlow, I mean, Perlow was a big kid. Yeah. You know, he had all this hype about he him. Was. He was. He was. Actually, Perlow was, like, one of the first times that, as a Mississippi State fan, I got my hopes up that we could actually get a Louisiana prospect to come to Mississippi State. I should have known better. It was Kroon. But I should have known better. But Mississippi State actually, can't play with him. Yeah, they're actually in this top three. I didn't think we were going to get them. But it's like, man, what if? Yeah, what apparently if? it was supposed to be so good. Yeah. Like, what if? You know. And he was not. He could single handedly turn this team around. Yeah, he wasn't. And then It would have been interesting. Yeah, but think about him, though. He's one of them guys who, like, you know, 
Um, he was also a big time baseball prospect. He probably could have went a, been, a, been a first round pick mm-hmm. that, had he went that route. And I wonder yeah. if he thinks about that sometimes. Like, man, I should just play baseball. I will say this: as much because I think in football, cause I'm gonna come back to this question for basketball. Cause I think in basketball we got even way more. Oh what yeah, if. that's a lot. They got way more what ifs. It's, look, you can just go with the SEC. I still say one of the biggest what ifs was. What if Ronaldo Sidney? Mm. Ronaldo Sidney is the most talented basketball player I've ever watched in the SEC. And that's not me being biased from Mississippi State guy. The guy was, for his size, an elite ball handler, uh, amazing passer, great, great, great basketball IQ. Like, I can't stress that enough. His I, IQ was amazing. On good the post, court. Good post moves. Yeah, yeah, on the court, on the court. Uh, good post move. The guy was just when it comes to talent, you know, it was just immeasurable. But he just had a terrible work ethic, and you know, over three, yeah, that too, obviously that over three hundred pounds, you know, um, just could not get in shape. But yeah, the guy skill wise, unmatched. That was the reason that he was when he was a um a freshman in high school. Uh, people were saying that he's going to be the next LeBron, you know. Obviously, he, you know, but he didn't do that. Obviously, but he was, you know, in high school, six eight, six nine already, um, with all those skills you mentioned. But he was actually in shape, and yeah, and again, like the thing with him is that his passing ability was just so great. Like he was such an amazing passer. Yeah, yeah I think it's just one of the biggest what ifs. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm, we're going to save it for basketball because I really want to get into players like that during this college basketball season because there's so many questions I have. But just very briefly with Sydney, before we go to the RPO, if he was a high school prospect today, do you think he's a better prospect because of the way the game is played? Yeah, yeah. I think with the way the game's played and also with training and stuff, I think he would have been – but. Again, he's always naturally a big kid, so he's going to grow. But I think that well, it's like the Zion, you know, yeah, Zion, yeah, 20, yeah. I, I would hope that he would have been more disciplined, and that's really all it came down to was just him being disciplined. The the, the, the talent was never an issue with him. It's just the work ethic, and it's just I mean that's 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 the biggest issue with, with the work ethic. I mean, it's great. look, it's something I've heard from you know quite a few pro athletes and, and former guys who said you know. Especially, look, I know some guys in the NBA who said it. You know, dudes will come and complain and whine. Like, man, I want more PT. I want to actually play. And one, I was like, well, I wonder why. You know, I'm like, you're making all this money. But I remember this one guy saying it. He's like, well, we're all making money. But it's a game. You know, who wants to sit on the bench all game? Yeah. And I tell him, like, hey, if you want to get better, he's like, especially on my way out. I, I get to the gym at 5.30, 6 a.m., be there. You know, we can work out, get the, you know, get some shots up, run. We can sit back at the facility, watch some film, you know, rehydrate, refuel, and then get back to it. And he's like, these guys are telling me straight up, no. <laughs> I don't want to work that hard. Like, I've already made it. I put in all this time. He's like, well, what do you think the dudes who are great at basketball are doing if they're working hard and you just and I was like I wonder because you know basketball is full of blue buds 
I wonder how many guys are getting lost in the NBA simply because they just don't want to put the extra work in. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that come basketball season. Because, look, there's a lot to call about college basketball. Yeah. Absolutely love it. But it's about <laughs> that time, Train. It's about the time to run the RPO, run past options. Real topic, want to run with this, we run with this. If not, we'll pass it. And we're going to stick with basketball. I'm I actually going to do this later in, in, in an RPO, but I'm going to go with it first since we're on basketball anyway. Perfect. The NBA Board of Governors approved tougher rules regarding resting players. Run the pass. I say run with it. And I will say this. I like the idea of resting players, but I've always maintained this position because I was personally affected by it. <laughs> That's why I brought uh, it. <laughs> and, you know, for all those listening, I will tell my story. I had gotten tickets to go see LeBron James play on his birthday in Atlanta. Got out to Atlanta. Got the hotel. I bought a custom Cavs jersey. Oh, King James. Yeah, when they were doing them nicknames. Still have it. Got the jersey. Put it on. Guess who was sitting in street clothes? Mr. LeBron James. A healthy scratch. And... I got to say, I was just like everybody else in Atlanta, pretty deflated. Like, we're all here to watch you play for your birthday. And like you said, healthy scratch. But the real problem with it is those tickets were not cheap. Uh-huh. I, I got, look, the sad part, I got floor seats. I purposely was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my, I just knew. I was like, man, he's going to have a great play. I'm going to stick my hand out. LeBron going to be like, yeah, <laughs> that ball. did that. Death mall is like it was gonna be this great moment. And to say you, you charged me all this money for the LeBron premium, but LeBron didn't play. I I and so to me, that's the part I've always hated by resting players. You know, if you're gonna charge a premium for premium players, I think they ought to play if they're healthy. Yeah. You know, I've and for the people who say, Oh well, you should be happy the home team won. I always think about it like this, you know, as an adult, it's different. Because if I want to go watch somebody play, I can always swipe the car and go watch someone play. But I think back to myself as a kid, you know, that wasn't the case. So if, let's say I did get the opportunity to go see LeBron or Steph Curry in New Orleans. You know, it's probably going to be up in the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. But those that, that still was going to be a special moment. But you know what would ruin that? If they're like, oh, he's not playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And especially on road games. Like, I was yeah. like... That's what I said. Road games, I hate it. Home game, I mean, it still could be tricky because, you know, you might have that one game planned out that you go to for the season. And I get right. it, you know, but you can't please everybody, you know. You're going to have to, especially, you know, LeBron's 39. It's not just, just about LeBron. Granted, he was in his prime then. But, yeah, he, you know what I'm trying to say. But um, players are going to, you know, rest, whatever. It happens, you know. But for home games, there's less, less likely of a guy who, you know, Spent money and planned his whole year around. Okay, LeBron's coming. Like, for instance, okay, I'm in Bay Area right now, but I'm between Sacramento and uh, Oakland, like right dead in the middle, pretty much right okay. now. Um, and I'm contemplating going to the Lakers Kings game, and because I want to see LeBron before he retires. But if yeah. LeBron sits out that game, then that's my only chance to see LeBron play live before he retires, potentially. And I might never get that opportunity again unless I fly to fly to, fly to L.A. You know, when I was living in L.A., right. he was hurt. You know, so. Well, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. I wonder if people, because I think some of the players forget 
and I, cause I remember Dwight Howard talking about it, and I think he he said something. I was like, you know, that's fair. He's like, because he had talked about one of the things he didn't. He didn't like just skipping games. Which I was like, he was never a, a scratch. And he said, well, one of the reasons why is like, because I remember as a kid when we did get the opportunity to go see someone play, it was a huge deal. Yeah. And I some like I understand it is a competitive game, but I would think more guys in the NBA would understand the fans' point of view of saying like, hey, you know, y'all are charging me these prices. I don't get a discount if LeBron scratched. Like the NBA is not refunding me any money. Yeah. So this is it. as far as from the fan experience, I think the whole kind of curtailing this is a good thing, but I won't, you know, I'm not going to lie to myself. This has to do with TV ratings, I would assume. Yeah, so here's some of the points. Um, team must manage their roster to assure that no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. So star players will be defined by, like, making an all-star appearance in the last three or four years. I don't know exactly, but it's something like that. Oh, my teams like the Pistons. Who don't have star players? Yeah, don't don't apply. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so y'all can rest whatever y'all want. Don't apply. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but I'm I'm sure that they can apply it somewhere. Maybe like leading scores, some best player. I don't know. But right now, the the, the language is saying star player. So it must sure that star players are available for national television and in season tournament games. So that's your point there. Team must mm-hmm. refrain from any long term shutdowns. Of, um. So basically, end of the season last year, Dame Little got shut down for the Blazers. I'm still mad about that as a Magic fan because the Magic were in prime position for the fifth best odds, and the Blazers ended yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's and, one thing they don't like. Nah, and then Blazers. and then they end up getting those odds that the Magic would have had, and they end up getting the number three pick and got Scoot Henderson, who you know who was considered a generational potential potential type player. So whatever, uh, oh, yeah. team must must maintain a balance between the number of one game absences for a star player in home game and road games. They're Basically, but they prefer those absences happen in home games, so they don't want you like resting a bunch because that's that's one of the big issues too. As you mentioned, you know, um, star players resting on back to backs on road games on on road trips. That's one of the biggest issues. You know, team goes to Miami, then Orlando, they rest that second night, or they go to you know New York, then Boston, they rest that second night. Um, So they're trying to stop that. You know, and I, I think overall, you know, it's a good step. I, I I I like what they're trying to do, and the crazy part is I don't really have a problem with resting players. I will say this: I have a problem with resting guys who are under twenty eight years old. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like, stop yeah. it! You got young legs. Go run. Yeah. It, it, another thing they're saying about like star players, like obviously somebody's injured. That's one thing, but right. if no one's injured, that you know they like don't you can't rest Jason Tatum and Jaden and um and uh Jalen Brown at the same time. Yeah, I, I think and but once again, both of y'all are young. Taylor and Brown, y'all don't need no rest. Yeah. Go play basketball, son. All right. But uh, back to other topics of so, uh kind of disturbing topic. NCAA received violent threats in wake of the nine Tez Walker eligibility. Run a pass. Are any of those threats directed towards Ed O'Ban? Nope. Oh, well, y'all doing it wrong. No, no, no. Not the game, just NCAA. Oh, okay. I'm like, why are we picking on NCAA? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The NCAA received body oh. threats in the wake of the nine test walking from North Carolina. Well, first things first. Of course, INTs, we do not condone nor endorse violence, nope. even against Ed O'Bannon. You know, we just. Mm, maybe that's an exception there. Yeah, that's it. We're just going to say we don't endorse it. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm not advocating for it, violence against Ed O'Bannon. Um, I'm a pass because, you know, I mean, everybody, let's be real here. Once you get to a certain level, as we continue to grow this podcast, guess what, Train? We're going to get some ugly comments and probably going to get some hate mail. Yep. Why? Because it's just part of the internet. You know, people get in here, they can be whoever they want to be, hide behind whatever they want to hide. I was going to say no profile pic, but we didn't have a logo for a while, so. But you get the point. Yeah. Behind stuff. I don't. And how do you threaten an organization? What are you going to do? Exactly. No, I agree. It's it's not. No matter what you do, it's not even worth it. Like just just grow up, people. Yeah. All right. Next topic. Uh, in a game against Stanford, USC scored so many points that its horse mascot was too tired to celebrate. Run a pass. I'm a man. I'm a pass with that horse. It's like that pet. That horse probably was ready to pass out. Yep, just like Caleb was doing that first half. Just pass. Yeah, man. All right. Horse. Uh, not- Staying stay in the Pac-12 for these last two topics here. Uh, Washington State coach Jake Dickert uh, after upset win of Wisconsin. We belong in the Power Five. Run the pass. Um, I'm a run. You, you guys. Will work hard. I think Washington State. I think they're going to play the absolute hard side this year, which is why I think they're going to be a very tough team. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're playing the final yeah, home, especially in Pullman. Oh yeah, yeah, they're playing for a home. I just, I'll be honest. I don't like because of the way it works and what these conferences are trying to do. They don't belong in a Power Five, unfortunately. Okay. But that state, um, yeah. I, mean, I think they do, but where would you put them? Right, that, that's something like I don't think because of the way it works now. Why like would Big 12 big maybe, but I don't see that benefit. Yeah, it doesn't help them. And now yeah. these games, you know, I know that I know the presidents don't care about the volleyball team, I know they have zero interest in anybody who plays tennis or. Wrestling, which I do wonder what's going to happen with some of these schools like USC, because I don't think USC has a wrestling program, but the Big Ten is huge on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they just won't have it. Like for instance, the SEC is big on gymnastics, but Mississippi State don't have a gymnastics team. How is that even possible? This happens. Okay, I, I'm not saying we got to do a deep dive on that, but why does not Mississippi State not have a gymnastics team? Mm, not sure. Scholarships, probably. You know, I'm calling somebody at the school about that. Yeah, got figured. First INT details on that interview. We, I, I, I just I find that baffling. Like, I get why you have a boys soccer team, but gymnastics is pretty big. Like you said, it's the SEC. Yeah, yeah. But th- that's how I would see. I don't know where Washington State fits, and for that matter, Oregon State. As crazy as it sounds, I think they should just go Mount West and tell them to rename it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, I agree. you get a little more you because they do get more name value out of the Pac twelve Yeah. I agree. And then you can kind of keep the Pac twelve network and all that stuff. Um Right. I, I agree with that. Would the Mountain West go for though? Probably not. But what the Mountain West got to lose. Now the what would have to happen though would be if if, if a lot of those Mountain West teams were to quote unquote leave and go to the Pac twelve, then that could work. But as far as like the Mountain West saying, hey, we're gonna change our name to the Pac twelve. 
Uh, I don't know about that because that's that's the different legal thing. With, well, the you know, thing different is, people. If put it like this, yeah, I know we're off topic, but I think this is the only way this works. Who actually owns the names of the Pac-12? Has to be the teams, correct? Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I would assume so. All right, another phone call I got to make. We're gonna get to yeah, get on that. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually I'm very curious about that. How does that work? I'm, there's gotta be somebody to talk to. <laughs> All right. And speaking of Pac-12, one more topic here. Uh, the, the TV ratings confirm that Deion Sanders and Colorado are the hottest story in college football. Run a pass. Run. This is what I was talking about. I think ESPN just, they're hyping this up to the moon. And as crazy as I don't think this is necessarily good for Coach Prime. Yeah. So just to elaborate on that, Saturday's Colorado-Nebraska game at noon on Fox generated 8.73 million views, which was the highest viewed college football game of week two, more than Alabama-Texas, which had 7.96. Now, I will say this, though. That's a great a great thing for them. That is huge. A little misleading, though. And granted, we are in 2023 where, quite frankly – at this point, pretty much everybody has cable. Not cable, but um, everyone has some type of, you know, some type of, some type of premium television. I guess you could say, you know. So, network versus ESPN is not as big of a gap, but right. it's still network versus ESPN. You got Fox versus ESPN. That's two different things. More people have access to Fox than they have access to ESPN. Of course. So that's always that's always going to. It would be like. It does get lost, but that's that's the well, nature of radio. It would be like you know? if someone said, um, I'm going to use an example of a show. Let's say, I don't know what channel Friends was on TV, but let's say Friends was on NBC. And I was like, man, Friends had 8 million viewers. And you're like, yeah, but The Sopranos on HBO had 7. Well, The Sopranos on HBO is way more impressive. Mm-hmm. Because... Like you said, it's a premium channel. But maybe I'm wrong. The hype for Coach Prime is amazing. I just wonder this. What happens when they lose? Yeah, and it's coming. Uh because I think, I think as long as so I think as long as and the, the, the problem is that I don't I can't guarantee this will happen, but as long as even keel and like realistic expectations, I think it'd be fine because no, they, they, they do have a tough schedule and they are overachieving as is. Um, at this point, they only got to go three and six to make a bowl game. I think that's very doable for them. I, I can see them winning eight games, I think, up, up to eight games. I think it's doable, but I also will say this I think there are just some losses on that schedule. They, yeah, and the other big problem I think this team has because they haven't had anyone really be physical with them. And just seeing the way Dion, no, no disrespect to Coach Prime, is the way he's been running Colorado. They're not a very physical football team. What yeah. happens? You know, they don't seem to be a very deep football team. You know, they're a couple of sprained ankles away from their offense being terrible. And when I say a couple, I mean just one or two because, <laughs> you know, like we look back to good football teams, not even great, just good football teams. You you gotta have to be able to replace at least one or two old linemen, you know. Yeah, I don't see that from Colorado. You you know you need at least one or two running backs. They don't seem to have any running backs. They can't run the football, you know, for anything. 
I wonder, I just wonder what happens when this, let's say, I'm going to just throw this out here. Over this, the next stretch of games, okay? Let's say before, by the time they play USC, let's say they're two and three, or three, three and six, three and three, or three and five. You know, they're just average. I don't think they're getting those TV ratings. Yeah, I agree. And that that's that's my only thing. I just I as crazy as it may sound, my theory, put your ten four hats on. I think ESPN wants to hide this up so much. So if it does crash and burn and it doesn't go as well, I think they have a story to sell. Was Coach Prime overhyping it? Because to you and I, six and six is a winning season for them. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great thing. You think six and six is gonna fly at ESPN? Um I think they're gonna write negative stories. I think coming coming into the season it would have just right now after you know the first few games, um, I don't see it flying anymore. Now I, I just think the hype to tell a story, they're gonna go the opposite way. Yeah. You know, bad look, bad news travels faster than good news. <laughs> It's just, it, look, you know, that people say, you know, a lie, you know, will go around the world three times before the truth could ever put his pants on. Yeah. Bad news is very similar. You know, you, heck, we see with social media sites, you know, they're like, nah, we're going to give you this clip and this oracle to look at because we think it'll piss you off to keep on clicking, which I've never quite understood, but apparently it works for some people on social media. I think that's what they're going to do with it, Coach Prime. And I think it's unfortunate because especially in this year with the Pac-12, you think Oregon State and Washington State aren't going to give everything they have no matter who they play? Yeah, they're going to go all out if they should. You know, they should. The Arizona schools have a lot to play for. You know, Utah has a whole lot. To, look, Utah is going to be a Pac-12 contender. They got a lot to play for at the end of the season. I... I think as long as they stay competitive for most games, I think they'll do okay. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure how I, – I just – I don't know. I don't I don't know how much longer this this lasts. Their, their momentum, that's all. I guess I'm still waiting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what, what happens with them. Um, I do – I mean, that was interesting though that you know they had the highest rated game, but again, oh. um, time slots and never does play a part into it. But they are a big story, obviously. Um, game day's going there, and we'll see if Coach Prime can keep that success up. Yeah, I just but, why um, they picked Colorado State. Yeah, I agree. All right, but moving on though, we got uh, got our pick six uh, for the week here. The state of the game is not too impressive. The big game for me, obviously, is LSU Mississippi State. Uh, I wish we had run on here to, to you know, give his uh, perspective. Yeah, we, we need the return of the run. Yeah, we do. But, yeah, um, we got six games here. Going to start with, let's let go from uh, Pittsburgh and Wesley Jr. Uh, even line, one of the more storied rivalries, you know, of all time. Not it too much lately, played, but. His place, spoiler to West Virginia. Oh, yeah, two, 2007. Yeah, they were. Um, couldn't tell you anything about these teams. Um, <laughs> uh, that's about it. I couldn't tell you anything about these teams. Who you got? Oh, I'm taking West Virginia. Pitt looks terrible. 
I watched yeah. Pitt play for about a half and was like, man, I'll never pick y'all again. Yeah, I'm going with Pitt because I see it here that they have um they've only given them two hundred and forty yards per game. So I'm gonna go with Pitt. Yeah, but no him, other reason also- than that. They did lose um to uh Cincinnati last week though. Yeah, is it, have you seen their offense? Yeah. It's bad. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um uh, we're gonna go to the state of Texas for this one. TCU and at Houston. Uh see, TCU's a, a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, you know crazy part. I'm going Houston. I, I, I think TCU is just not very good this year. I think they got I think they can you know the benefit of the doubt for going to the uh, natty last year. So I think people are showing them a, a bit more love, but no, nah, I'm going yeah. to give H. Yeah, I'm gonna go TCU on this one. Um they have that loss to, to Colorado. I think um they've had the toughest challenge so far. And their offense is putting up some numbers so far this season. So I think that offense is gonna continue to to do that. I think you know, they've had a, a good running game the last few years. I think that's going to continue. Um, so I got – And Houston, you. like, don't wrong. Houston isn't very good. You know, they struggled because I believe Houston eventually won the game against – Against Rice. Two, two OTs, yeah. Yeah, it's eventually. And if you're going to overtime with Rice, okay, maybe I should change my pick. I'm going TCU because <laughs> <laughs> they were going to overtime. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really good logic there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely TCU. Uh, all right, I got to ask you a question. Is your boy Max Tui still at BYU? Yes, he is. All right, BYU at Arkansas. Oh, ESPN Arkansas. Game. Uh, Arkansas is a poor favorite. I'm taking Arkansas. But, you know, I think those linebackers at BYU are going to come and play. They come yeah. and play. You know, Tuli can't cover, but... He gonna make an impact in the run in the rush, you know, stuff in the run. And Arkansas likes to run the football. Yeah, so I think you got strength on strength. Something's got to give. I think the Hogs are gonna do it. You know, we're going pick Suey. Let's go. Yeah, I got Arkansas too. But both these teams have looked impressive this season. I'm looking at um, um, BYU. They played Sam Houston State and Southern Utah in their first two games. Um. Yeah, they ought to be seven. He stay fourteen to zero. Um, yeah. So defense, offense looks terrible. Three twenty five a game for BYU. Three forty three for Arkansas. But Arkansas got KJ Jefferson, um, and I think that's going to be enough to. I think, like I said, as long as Arkansas runs stays true to Arkansas football, I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, one game that I think might be sneaky good. Um, it's Minnesota at number twenty UNC. UNC is an eight point favorite. Um, I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I got Minnesota. Um, Minnesota went nine to four last year. People forget that. Yeah, I was gonna say people forget he's got them. He's got those boys playing. Yeah. Um, I mean they haven't played that good this year. They uh, look at the the numbers now. I'm starting to doubt myself. They uh, beat Nebraska thirteen to ten and uh, Eastern and Michigan twenty. Yeah, twenty five to six. So I'm starting to kind of second guess myself, but I'm still gonna stick with my guns here. Um, Minnesota defense has been playing really well. They got Justin Wally, uh, Mississippi kid that should have been Mississippi State, but Mississippi State still played them. So you know things go. You know. Yeah, people, kids, kids want to just sign. Yeah, and he basically once they start recruiting, he was like, "Nah, I'm good." 
uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, North Carolina obviously is a great team though. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the country should be favorite, but I think Minnesota is going to keep this game a low scoring affair or at least lower scoring than UNC would like it to be. And I think they'll do just enough to pull off the upset this week. Now, I will say this. This is one of those games I was looking forward to because, I, I mean, I said earlier when we were talking about teams, I was really interested by. I think this is a game that Drake May needs to come out and just ball. I agree. I, I really think this, you know, kind of silence some of the doubters and the haters, blah, blah, blah. I think this is a game he needs. Um, Now. I'm taking UNC, but I think it's going to be close. Like, I still believe Drake May is going to play a great game. But I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Yeah. Like, if – and I really mean this. I'm picking UNC, but if Minnesota won it with a field goal, I would not be shocked. Yeah. Really would not be shocked. Like it, I, I think this is going to be a goal. It might end up being you – know, the as far as just watching football, might be the game of the weekend. Yeah, it's uh again, like I said, a sneaky good game. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the early games we got Kansas State from fifteen at Missouri. Uh, Kansas State comes in as at a five point favorite on the road in Missouri. Um, I go oh. first for this one again. Um, this is actually a tough one. I got Kansas State winning because I don't think Missouri is very good, but. It's in Columbia. Strange things happen in Columbia. And I don't know, you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see if uh, if Missouri, you know, because Missouri has, has always, for the last 10, 15 years, had a really good defense. And I think that's still the case this year. Um, but I got Kansas State winning this game. You know what? Because it's in, like you say, it's in Columbia. It's not in the Little Apple. I'm taking Missouri simply because of home field advantage. You know, I, I think Missouri is going to play. But then again, you know, Missouri disappoints and disappoints often at times. So, no, I'm I'm still going Missouri because I have questions about Kansas State. Yeah. I got questions. So, no, I'm going Missouri. Definitely uh, Missouri. Agreed. Uh, with, with your logic. I got Kansas yeah. State winning, though, but I agree with your points. Uh, and then the last game, you know, my homer game of the week. LSU at, at Mississippi State. LSU comes at a nine-point favorite. Uh, big change from last year. Mississippi State was actually the favorite in Death Valley and blew the game uh, because that's what we do. Um, yeah. Uh, what's your prediction on this one? Where you, where, yeah. where, where you leaning? After seeing how they just bullied Grambling last week, all just that, I think, you know, which some people forget. I think those games are good confidence boosters mm-hmm. for the kids who do it, the bullying. Yeah. I think I think LSU is gonna come out hot this week. Okay. I I'm not a hundred percent sold on LSU. Um, I still wait and see who the heck is gonna run the football. Is <laughs> LSU able to play this week, or is he? I I've given up on John Emory. Yeah. So I don't know who's gonna run the football for them. It, it just seems like for this Brian Kelly team. And I've I spoken to some guys who root for LSU. And one of the things I asked them was like, hey, why aren't y'all getting any running backs? You know, like, you know, Brian Kelly would get these running backs at Notre Dame, go rush for 13 mm-hmm. yards that we all know. Like, he's not very good at football. He's not fast. He's not, 
you know, very big. He just happens to be 225 pounds or 230 pounds. But he's not for net. But, you know, like I said, he'll go rush at 12, 1,300 yards. I don't think any of these running backs at LSU are ever going to get to that level. You know, so I'm, I'm just – I'm expecting LSU to be able to establish a running game with a running back, not just Jaden Daniels taking off running, which I actually think is causing more problems than he realizes at times. Yeah. I'm taking LSU. I believe LSU is the better team. I expect them to win. Yeah, definitely fair. I definitely think LSU is definitely. I don't think it's gonna be a like a blowout win like the way they used to do Mississippi State. I think if they win, I'm talking 31, 21, something in that range. Yeah. You know, maybe they get two scores, but I don't think it's a blowout. Yeah. Um. Well, you said um, blowout like they used to do. Like, I'm just gonna clarify there. That's way back when. Uh, okay. Pretty much, pretty much since about 2014, the series has been pretty competitive, minus like 2019, um, yeah. which that's everybody, you know. Yeah, um, everybody got blown out. And I, I, I would even go as far to say that in those last, I think, nine games, State's won three of them, and they were favored in two other games that they should have won. And then, you know, um, so. Okay. Um, and then the, the three games they've won, they've actually beaten LSU pretty handily. So yeah. my whole point is that it's not as lopsided yeah. as LSU fans or the media would portray it to be. With that said, <laughs> I still think LSU wins this game. Oh. Uh, I think they are the better team this year. I think Mississippi State, you know, being in transition, I just I don't know what to expect from them. Um, right. And that's that's more of it. I I just yeah. Because so far, I mean, they've looked okay. They, they you know, Pegasus obviously was on a struggle early, then they turned it on. They had to go to Arizona, uh, overtime against Arizona. Well, I think Arizona's will be a better team than people are giving credit for. They still would be in the bottom of the Pac 12. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, but that's more of a compliment to the Pac 12 than it is to a knock on Arizona, but that's just, you know, the way things are. Right. Um, I think LSU's receivers is really going to give Mississippi State some problems, especially Malik Neighbors. Um, and uh, it's a lot of scrimmage, though. That's going to be the interesting, the, the, the interesting um, facet of this game. Uh, I feel that State could definitely slow down LSU's run game. I don't have any question about that. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be. It just can they get pressure? And I just don't. I don't see them getting pressure without sending you know five and six constantly. And I think that's going to ultimately cause issues, um, especially with with uh, Jaden Daniels being able to take ten plays. So because of that, I do have LSU winning. I got them winning by like about a good ten points. You know, um, I think they win it. I think you know, I think State hangs in there, but I think LSU pulls off. Um, you know, and wins by like ten, fourteen points. Yeah. So you're saying ten, fourteen. I'm pretty firm at ten points. Yeah. Either way, you know, it's, it's one of those games I fully expect LSU to just kind of be in control of. Yeah, I do think though that um, if not for the coaching change. Uh, again, I had my issues with, with uh, Mike Leach's offense. I really did. Um, and I think State has a chance to win like eight, nine games, like nine games this year. I really do. I think if not for the coaching change, you call me a homer, I would have Mississippi State winning this game because I think that Mississippi State would be, a, um, quite frankly, a better overall team. Like, name another team, team in college football who – 
won nine games the year before and returns 20 starters, but it's unranked. You don't see that. That's just yeah. a total, total lack of respect for Mississippi State. But I get the idea of the scheme change. Granted, most people's argument is not the scheme change, it's that everybody's gotten better or, or some, some other weird yeah. reason. But, because Mississippi State. Yeah, exactly. It's the name. It's the name, you know. Even though they went to like 15 straight bowl games, but you know. <laughs> well, I remember this AM was ranked. Yeah, that's just this is true. But so I do think that state has a chance to have a special season. And if they can pull out this upset, it'll be, you know, I think it's gonna be really special because well, they have I, a tough stretch. LSU, if, South if Carolina, Alabama. Upset. All jokes aside, can they say they technically are a contender? I think so, but again, they have this, this stretch of um LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, like three weeks in a row. Is it South Carolina's on a roll in the middle, so that's what makes it tougher. Um, well, South Carolina can't protect their quarterback. Yeah, but it's on a road. So they still think, can't protect their quarterback. I feel the goal there is one and two, obviously. You know, and if you do that, then you have a chance to win eight to nine games. But if you can somehow get two, I don't think Bama's going to be one of those two. So LSU, LSU. Uh, if you can get two of those, then it's going to be a very special season. Right. But I just don't – I don't see it happen. I think LSU is going to be a little bit too much. I think especially on the defensive line, Mr. the offensive line has struggled this season. Um, I just definitely see LSU giving them I hell think on the D-line. I think Harold Perkins just go, just go get the quarterback. Yeah. Just... And, and, and Will Rogers is very immobile. So Oh, yeah. He's not running away from it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you just you get back there, you'll bring him down. Yeah, so I, again, I, I I got LSU winning the game. I think uh, I think State's running game is going to be key, um, but again, ultimately, I don't I don't I don't see them having enough firepower to put LSU away. Yeah, and I think Mason Smith is actually going to be playing. Yeah, finally, he played last week against Grammy City. Yeah, but I don't count that. Yeah, uh, actually playing a real game. Right. No disrespect, Grammy Knights, but you know. <laughs> Doug Williams, like I said, I was like, Doug Williams not walking through a tunnel. Is he his yeah. yeah, I'm I'm curious um, now though. Um, of what's the longest active winning streak in college football? Because Mississippi State's on a six game winning streak. I know it don't sound like much, but that's actually. I know week one Jackson State SWAC winning streak was broken. Oh yeah. I, how, before we wrap up today. How long do you think Coach Prime is really going to be at Colorado? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think until for sure. Well, granted, that's this season. I was going to say until for sure his his kids leave, but yeah, you know, that'll be after this season. So I don't Wait, think he sure. will leave and leave them to in the spot where they couldn't transfer again. You know. You think Shador is leaving early? He's a senior. I think he's a junior. You think he's gonna try to leave early? Um, it would surprise me if the hype is, you know, because right now people are, you know, it's not just Pat McAfee. Like mock drafts are moving him up, you know, pretty high, you know, um, pretty, pretty, pretty good, you know. So if that continues, I could see him leaving. I think we gotta pump the brakes, people. <laughs> yeah, pump the brakes. Shador, you, you have a good thing going with the NIL. Pump the brakes. Yeah, but that's just you know. But I, I just I just feel that it'll have to be at least to where you know his kids are later. And I don't know how much lower he has to like Travis Hunter, for instance. And I would say so. I would say like you know to where when he leaves again, you know, uh, which would be next year. So 
So I, only, I, I, I say at least at least minimum two years. I don't think he's a lead after one. Only way I think he leaves is if he gets an offer he can't pass up. Well, yeah, obviously that. Um, and has, by, like the next two two seasons, two three seasons, because once his kids have graduated, especially Travis Hunter, like his kids and Travis Hunter, like let's say Shador comes back, Travis will obviously be a junior. Then I think it doesn't really matter. I think he he he'll be more than happy to leave. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, I know some people who who really, really want to be coached by Saban. I'm like, so you're not going to be coaching for that long. Yeah. You got Jimbo and A&M. Yeah. Um, they you know, have, Dion has connections to the state of Texas. Yeah, and he could get some kids. Like, all just aside. So. I could see if you're A&M. Would you hold on to Jimbo for one more year? <laughs> and offer yeah. after his kids and Travis Hunter have entered the draft. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look, they're leaving in December of 24. You can come on to A&M. We'll get you here. Yeah. I, I think you'll be scared at A&M. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean... He would miss out on a few kids because I know, you know, who are super talented, but their parents just have a hatred of any them. Yeah. But I think for quite a few of the kids in the state of Texas and across this country, you put him and them, like I said, I think he would be a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. But, um, yeah, but that about wraps it up for this edition. Uh, anything else before we head on out? No. No, I think, you know, you hit all the points this week. All right. So, everybody, enjoy games this weekend. For, for my co-host, King, on May Train, we out. Have a good one.